0: Good morning. Once again, I want to wish everyone a happy Easter uh, here from this empty sanctuary here at Lord of Grace. Uh, And as much as I wish we could all celebrate together, uh, I believe without question that staying apart really is the best option for us and the best thing to do right now. The Christian Church in its history has survived much bigger things than this before. We'll survive this one. It's just going to take a lot of patience. Uh, and it's patience that will probably wear on us sometimes. Whenever that day comes, when we can meet again, uh, I guarantee you we will have a great celebration. We'll do something big. I don't know what it's gonna look like because I don't know when it's gonna be or what we'll be able to do, but I promise you we will do something big in person when all this has blown over and it's safe again. Uh, But For now, uh, we'll meet apart, whatever that means, however that looks like. And of course today, it is Easter Sunday so we're going to take a look at the resurrection story uh, and the resurrection story of Jesus it has a lot of things in it that I think are easy for us to forget or to get used to uh, or miss because we've read it so many times it's a story that's worth reading again and again uh, and of course there's three different versions of it so it can get confusing uh, again I don't worry as much about the literalness of the stories. Uh, I don't get hung up on whether there were two or three women who came to the tomb first or whether the angel was inside or outside the tomb. Those aren't the details that matter to my faith. What matters is what it says about Jesus and us. And whether it was two or three or uh, what order people showed up in, There is no question, and there never has been a question in all of Christianity whether Jesus actually was raised. Now the women, remember the women, it starts out with the women coming to Jesus' tomb. And they come to put spices on His body. And this was the custom because uh, that would make the body smell not as bad while it decomposed. And what they would do is they would take the body and they would put it in, if you had the means, they would put it in a, a hollowed out uh, cave in the side of the hill. And they would put the body in there, they would lay it down on a flat, they'd wrap it up so you couldn't see it, they'd lay it down and then they would come back months later when it was just bones and they would take the bones and they would put them in this box called an ossuary. We have some of those today, They're only about that big about the size of a cooler Uh, but the idea was that you would put the the fragrances on the body so it wouldn't smell as bad it was a way of honoring and respecting the dead and again you had to have the means to do it but Jesus had this friend Joseph of Arimathea and he had Mary and Martha he had some friends who had means so they they came to the tomb and they brought the the spices to cover up his body with Uh, and when they do when the women show up to do their duty, they look inside, there is no, two, there is no uh, body, but two angels appear. And what do the angels say to the women? They say, "Why do you look for the living among the dead?" Now this question should be a really absurd question. I mean, they're not looking for the living. They're looking for the dead guy. They're not expecting anything other than a dead guy. They were told by Jesus that he would rise again, but I don't think they were expecting it that quick, or maybe they didn't understand it completely. So why are they asking a question that seems obvious, unless there's more to it than meets the eye? And that depends, of course, on what you mean when you say Jesus was raised from the dead. Now, I mean, uh, this is what we say in our creeds. It's what the scripture says. On the third day he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. We recite that every week. We know that Jesus is not dead, but if Jesus is not dead, then he must be alive. And if he's alive, then he should be out and about among the living, right? He should be walking and talking and and eating and visiting the restroom and, and boiling fish and doing whatever, right? Uh, And uh, I guess nowadays, if Jesus came back, we would say, don't go walk around, uh, just sit at home and log into Facebook, or check into the church pastor's Tuesday morning Zoom meeting. But if you're looking for Jesus, you shouldn't be looking for him as if he was dead, but as if he was alive. So don't go looking among dead people for a living Jesus. The absurdity of the question, it caught my eye. Are the angels just trying to be clever? Uh, Is it just a figure of speech rather than saying, rather than just saying, Jesus is alive, go away? Or is it that they're not quite getting what it means to be raised from the dead? You see, we run into this all the time. And I think this is how I more or less grew up and have believed most of my life until rather recently. And that is that Jesus died, and he went to this other place called hell. And then he joined us on earth again for a few days, and then he left us, and he went to this other place called heaven. And so he's not really with us anymore. He's in that other place called heaven. And heaven is not here, It's a place you only go after you die. And this was how I lived. Jesus was up there. The Holy Spirit comes down from time to time, but Jesus, he's not with us anymore. He's up there, out there. But if Jesus isn't in our world, walking among us, living, breathing, acting, moving, doing all the things that living people do, And he's in this separate place where only dead people go, doesn't that make him dead? I mean, even if heaven's a nice place, if I can't get there till I'm dead and only dead people go there, then doesn't that mean that Jesus really is dead? And if I'm going to look for Jesus, would I go looking for him among the living, breathing, walking, talking people, or should I go in history books and artifacts, where the dead stuff is, and hope to get a few good words that he left behind before he ascended to heaven and then left us? And this was not a thought that I'd thought of before, and when I did it wasn't very comforting, because if I thought that Jesus had left us and was up there, then the only way I could find him was to look for him among the dead. And now suddenly I can hear the angel voices in the background saying, Lars, why are you looking for the living among the dead? Why are you searching for God only among the things of the past? Why are you acting as if Jesus is out of this world and not breathing and communicating with you today? Why? Oh, my head hurt. Because I realized that I'd fallen into the trap of taking Jesus out of the world because it was easier for me to explain to my modern scientific mind that God was up there, not intervening, than to have to explain how God could be intervening and seeming to allow bad things to happen. And I didn't want to be called superstitious or supernatural by my skeptical friends. So taking Jesus out of the world and putting him up in heaven and making a separate place where only dead people go, That solved it all, except that the angels standing at the tomb won't let me have that easy answer. Why are you looking for the living among the dead? The whole point of the resurrection is that Jesus isn't dead, which means that he is among us acting and moving and breathing and talking and changing things. And I have to admit, looking back on my life, I didn't go into the ministry so I could tell people about a dead guy who did some interesting things and told some interesting stories about how to be a good person while we wait to die and then go to heaven. And I hear this criticism so much. Why bother if you're going to go to heaven anyways? Or a loving God wouldn't send you to hell just because you don't get Jesus' name right. And when I hear that, I realize at first, I don't buy all the assumptions behind that question. You know, like, what is a good person? What does that even mean? You follow the law. And you don't get into much trouble. You're nice to the cashier at the grocery store, which I hope you are. Is that it? I mean, if I went back and asked my Viking ancestors what a good person is, it would involve things like raping Irish women and splitting open the skulls of monks and and conquering people. And uh, I don't share their view of being a good person. But also that there are so many other reasons why I'm here as a Christian than just preparing to die and go to the right place. Yes, I believe in a resurrection after death, where we get to live with God forever. But the truth is, it wasn't that knowledge that brought me here. It was that throughout my life, God has been speaking and working and moving in ways that have been as real to me as this podium right here or the wood in the pew. And Jesus has been alive and moving in my life beyond just the knowledge he gives and the stories he told, but he has been alive for me in ways that have changed me forever, which is why I realized that the angels really are up to something. The women didn't come back from the empty tomb Amazed because Jesus went to a good place, far away. But because he was back among us, and that we could be together with him. And that was amazing. Think of what that means to be alive. Really, truly alive. Think of what it means when we say that word. It means so much more than existing, doesn't it? I mean, rocks exist, but they aren't alive. And sometimes they might even move over time and change, but they're still not alive. Some are even full of water and carbon like us, but that doesn't make them living. What makes them not living? When, when you end up in a family, sometimes it says a lot how we use language or the phrases that we use. I I don't know if you've ever, anyone you know has said this. I hope not to you. But when somebody gets into a dispute with their parents and say it's toxic and the parents say, I'm disowning you. You're dead to me. What are we saying? We're not physically killing them. We're cutting off the interaction with them. We're cutting off the connection, the relationship. We're cutting off the community. So they might as well be dead. But if they were alive to me, I would relate to them and be a part of their life. So if Jesus is alive, He has to be in our world, still. And I have to be able to experience him and communicate with him, still, today. He has to be alive here as he is alive up there. So why am I bothering with all this religion stuff? Because religion stuff has changed my life. My life today is what it is because God has been at work in it. And there have been moments where I have experienced that presence more closely than others. But either way, that presence was always very real. And it is very real. And it is something that's helped me understand things beyond what I can count and measure and repeat in a lab God has opened my eyes to a whole new world of truth, and it's more than just the stuff right here in front of me. And that's all happened because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Jesus said in the Gospel of John 10.10, he said, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I always worry about Christians who downplay the importance of quality of life in this world. I feel bad for those who feel that the only way to heaven is to sacrifice everything that feels good here. I feel bad for those who feel that this world is only a short preparation for the next one, which is really the good one. It's sort of like God put us on this earth to test us and then filled the world with dangers and temptations to pull us away just to see if we're worthy of getting to the next one. But Jesus doesn't say that. That Those aren't his words. He says that he came to bring us life and bring it abundantly. And he doesn't say abundantly later. Because Jesus was raised from the dead, he is alive with us today. And we can know him now, and that makes our life more abundant now. So what does this mean? Among other things, it means that Jesus is still speaking to us. And we can actually hear what he's saying. Dreams and visions are real. Spiritual gifts are real. Prayer can actually be a two-way street. Jesus may not sound like Morgan Freeman, But his voice is real and present to every one of us in this world. It also means that healings are real, whatever that means, whether it means a cure for a disease, whether it means coming to terms with ourselves, or taking away the pain inside us that may torment us. Healings are real, and our health can be better when we have our lives in Jesus. It means that Jesus is working through other people in our world. We're not looking for the living among the dead. We're not looking for the, we're not looking for the living among the dead, but the living among the living. It's why we have churches, and Bible studies, and communities, because Jesus is working through us together. And we can see God's work firsthand. And it is amazing. So I've decided to give up looking for the living among the dead. I'm gonna start looking for Jesus today. Because he is not dead, he is alive. And with him, I have abundant life today. Happy Easter, everyone, and God bless.